mic check, mic check. Uh, this is uh, this is Malik Ali. My name is Malik Ali. Um, this is WIT eighty eight point nine FM, and you are listening to the reup. The reup. Re uh, welcome, welcome back. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, I got my homie Ismail Bilal, aka Decisive, in the building. How you feeling, bro? Feeling good, brother. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Today was a good day. Um, I didn't have to use my AK, so you know, <laughs> I'm uh, excited about that. Um, how are you though? How you, you feel? Man, I'm feeling good being back with my brother again. You know, in here it always feels good. I wasn't gonna do nothing today. I was just gonna watch off. some shows. Right, day off. Not gonna do a damn thing. You call me, cool. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's yes. do this. Yes, yes. I got um, it's just co-hosted with me today, and I also got uh. A homie on on the way, but they are not here yet. So we just gonna rock out for a little bit until my guest arrives. We gonna get to the conversation. W I I T eighty eight point nine FM. <laughs> Introduce yourself for me. Tell me who you are. What you? I, I find that people introduce themselves better than I can. So, if you come will. on, girl. Hola. So my name is Alexandria. I am originally from Chicago, but now live and reside in Dallas, Texas. Basically, I own a, or founded a nonprofit called Hands of Honey. You can check us out on Instagram, Hands of Honey. And we are a mar- marketing platform slash financial intermediary for. Minority small business owners. Oh shit! Okay, okay. So, we gonna get, we gonna, yeah, like, we getting into the nitty gritty on that. <laughs> let's one. get into let's that believe. in a minute. But I also want to introduce your homie. Oh shit! You you ready? You ready for this? <laughs> Let me yeah pull. <laughs> uh, but yes, hands of honey. I've been yeah I've been excited to have you um you. on and and it's like limited opportunity because you be in Dallas, yeah. but you are home. Um, so welcome home. Uh, I feel you. you uh, my apologies. Yeah, so could you introduce yourself for us? Could yes. Yes, so my name is Mariah Sutton. I am uh, in partnership with Alex for the Hands of Honey mm-hmm. Foundation. Cool. And you're from? I'm from Chicago. So from Chicago, too. All day. Okay. okay. So y'all came together? Or are y'all were, you were here? And sh- or what? Like, how did this? This my best friend. We That's go back. That's your best friend? That's your best friend? Gang, gang, since potty train. Hey. Ooh. Hey. Gang, gang, since potty train. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So. Copyrighted. So, right. So, did you, so you also live in Dallas now, too? Are y'all? No. No, you're here. I'm here. Oh. I am in the city. I was director of operations here. I'm director of operations out there. Okay. Ooh. Okay. 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 I was mistaken. So two branches are going on simultaneously. Yes, I think somewhere we're trying to get Chicago up and running. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. a collaborative effort. Yeah. So what was the the inception of this idea? Like, where did this come from? Basically, um, my father, godmother, mother—they've all been in real estate, mm-hmm. and most of my father's side has always been in business for themselves, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. So he took us uh, down to, I think it was Oklahoma, the right. Tulsa riots, Black Wall Street. Um, that opened up my eyes oh, and yeah. my mind as a young girl. How old were you? I had to be like 13, 14. Okay. And then I went to SMU, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, a, a college where, you know, they'll put on a shirt like, I went to SMU, I'm your boss. You know, they're very flamboyant, uh, very pretentious. The it's like an elitist. Oh, it's a private school. school. Mm-hmm. You know, the white folks go down there to get married. They don't really go for school. <laughs> they want to marry <laughs> each other's families. Okay. The, the common car is a BMW. We had a few Lambos on, on campus, you know, a few Benz trucks. but One of them schools. It's one of them schools. Okay. And so, unlike some of my counterparts, my African-American peers, I embrace that. Being from Chicago, from the inner city, I ain't never seen nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Multiple Benzes and BMWs in one parking lot. Right. And so I did the. I had the mistake of trying to alienate myself with folks that look like me, mm. not realizing that my blessing was getting to know people who didn't look like me. Mm. What do you mean? So 
it's an elitist school, period. It's not just the white folks that's elitist, it's black folks too. Okay. Who are you talking about the, my father went to Howard and my mother graduated from Spelman. I'm a legacy, I'm an AKA, my brother's a, a Kappa man. You know, when I was um, growing up in Jack and Jill. <laughs> the, no, but with Jack and Jill. I used to fence with Robert every morning. <laughs> right, but so, so, you know, I was like, okay, being from Chicago, we the South Side, black folks stick somewhat together, you know, our... Yeah, there's gin in there. Yeah, like you want some? And so, there, it was very like, no, black people are monolithic. We want a certain black person to <laughs> mm-hmm. represent us. We want yeah. you to talk a certain way, look a certain way. Oh, the respectability politics. Yeah, and I would. Could you, could you define that, that for me, Mariah? <laughs> do, do, you, do you have a good definition for respectability politics? Um, Do I have a good definition? Oh, hmm. E. That's when I, mean, I, no, you go. Yes, I, I like the little I sidebars. I, I, I do a little sidebar. Like, define this word. Respectability boop, politics. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> what does that mean to you? Respectability politics. Ooh. Okay. Let's call it um, the art of fraud. Hmm. Playing the game. Mm. Okay. The art. That was... Very nice. The art of fraud. Yeah. They, it, it, essentially... When when folks feel like that, you know, we have to perform uh, a certain way or a look or a sound uh, to be accepted by the the, the larger community. At large. Exactly. And me and you were actually just talking about that because I was talking about being at Walgreens. Yeah. And how I had to switch up my customer service voice. way. Y'all go see. Sorry you know. to bother you. Um, I want to see that with Tessa. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 all about that shit. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but continue. No, but with I mean you you're right. It's what they would call it though um, is playing the game. Mm-hmm. I've never been a a real proponent for playing the game. I feel like you should learn the game, make it your own, and then play it your way. Because if you mm-hmm. playing the game, what are you playing for? Who you know? I mean, you don't know the rules to the game, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard. But basically, all in all, I was able to ingratiate myself with a new demographic of students um, in the business school, and I was like, bet if they can do it, I'm gonna do it. So that summer 2014, I was like, I went to the Real Estate Institute, the director. I was like, look, I need you to put me in touch with some people. This man put me in touch with all the white business owners, male business owners in the real estate game in Dallas, restaurateurs. I went to meetings on top of meetings. Mm-hmm. And everybody, every I just got good feedback. They weren't like, your dream is invalid. They were more so, sweetie, start small. Okay. You you know you trying to build the neighborhood, but that's not how business work. Like you right. gotta get a niche and then keep going. And so, finally, after doing some internships, after working for some folks, seeing how some things are done, I was like, it's time to time to partner up. So we work with a revitalization group called Fraser out in Dallas. A what group? Re- Fraser. So no, no, no. You said revitalization. Revitalization group. group. Okay. So they in this in the district, uh, uh, the seventh district of Dallas or South Dallas. Frazier Revitalization has brought um, Parkland Hospital. Mm. They've brought a train station to that area, and they own a lot of property. And District 7 in, South, in Dallas, or South Dallas, is like Inglewood, uh, except it's country. Inglewood, Chicago. Okay. So 60 for Morgan type stuff, but right. without the infrastructure. There ain't even that many houses. It's just grass. Uh-huh. People don't have no opportunities. I mean, the place so barren, they don't even have beauty supply stores like that. Uh-huh. They got barbershops, barbecue spots, and car washes. So, what, what, Mariah, could you, if you could just hop in here, what is your understanding of the difference between revitalization and gentrification? Mm. Revitalization and you said gentrification. Gentrification. Okay. So, when you are revitalizing a community, you are. Go ahead. You are. Essentially, you what, what you're not doing. Let's start with what you're not doing. You are you're well. Let's go take take next. You're allowing a culture that is there to remain. Um. When you are gentrifying something, what you are doing is you are removing what made that area what it, what is. it is. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. We are not looking to move the people that currently exist there out of that 
specific space. We want them to stay in that space. All we want to do is give it a, a solid structure, something that will sustain itself. We don't need, we're not looking to bring outside sources from other communities mm -hmm. that are not like, similar, mimic that community in itself. So when we talk about, you know, the, the question of what is what we're doing different from what these white folks doing? What's the difference? The difference is we are allowing these people to become better. Gentrification, they are moving them out. They're removing them. So, okay. So open question to both of y'all. What, what, where's the, the, like they're, they're, the intent, right? The intent is clear. I understand the intent behind and uh, you know the difference between gentrification revitalization but in terms of outcomes right how do you prevent how does an that outside, translate? yeah yeah how do you prevent like? an outside force from after this community has been revitalizing oh it has things that i might want to patronize now right how do you prevent them folks from it does it have to do with rent prices like making sure that you well, know like folks can still afford to live there like what what is it how do you so I would say this, um, and I don't want to take away from what my partner said, but maybe add to it. I had a meeting, <clears throat> I do it in story form. I had a meeting with the uh, owner of an agriculture company. Um, and he's an Indian guy. So another, I guess, technically minority, but not really. Mm -hmm. And so he-, he Model posed, minority. Right, he poses the question to me. He says, okay, so what you're essentially trying to do is bring businesses back to the area but can those people in that area afford that? And if they can't afford that, doesn't that just end up being gentrification? And I ironically responded, I never said that I'm against gentrification. Here's the thing. In the, in the situation or case with Dallas, this is a city that's booming right now. Real estate is off the meter. People are moving there in rapid numbers. You can't stop that area from not being targeted by big companies. It's cheap property. It's right by downtown. Anyone who has any common sense or any money is going to try to invest in that area, right? So you can't necessarily stop it. What you can do is, I think what my partner was touching on, is try to contain it in a way that you're letting changes come. In a familiar form. In a familiar form. Right? It's not a situation of let's take everybody who ain't got no money and put them somewhere else, because that don't help either. Right. It's more so let's integrate people who are somewhat like-minded, maybe have a similar culture or background, but have a little bit more money, are a little bit more well-off, have a, have a different perspective that they can bring to the neighborhood to create a, or renew, I would say, a culture that has been lost because of people taking and never giving back. So you do so want that, Does that count? Is that something To me, it's almost regentrification. I mean, it, in a way, it's different, but you're still talking about a different socioeconomic background. Okay. Yeah, you look alike, but you don't have the same opportunities. You don't necessarily see life in the same way. And I think that's a, a, a real issue with African-Americans and why some of us think that we're not progressing as fast as we could because we don't... We separate ourselves almost. Yeah, we, we have this idea that we are not able to bring about these infrastructures in, in our communities. That somebody from an, from an outside neighborhood or outside source yeah, has, knows to, best. has to come in. It's a bunch of Chinese developers yeah. buying up the South There's Side. There's Chinatown right now. In, in every major city. Mm. And that's not true. So, as the middle class black folks, we have to learn how to connect with those who have been sort of left out. And for the elitist black folks, they got to understand. Y'all still black, <laughs> you know what I mean? We still need your help too. You still need to reach back to the middle class. So I think there's just disconnects because of money. I don't even think it's because of Ability. culture. So, but, but can money ever connect people? Like if, if, if now the people who, are, who have a little more money are coming in, maybe opening up a soul food spot that is like 13, 14, $15 a plate, like what, what is Daquan going to, like I, I can't, he can't go to that restaurant. It's, it's not inclusive for him, right? So like what, 
how how do how do we allow the culture to remain and allow the people also to 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 be able to participate in that culture i think that um it's going to be it's a half and half situation right so it's not that we want business owners to lower their prices right because then in in the reality that means it's they might have business. right it's not a good business they might have to lower their quality right it's a it's a it has to be a happy medium where it might not be a quantitative bonus or benefit but more of a qualitative it's different when you have a black architect or black doctor living next to you and maybe you don't you know maybe you are a janitor or you're one of these you have a career that we think is minuscule yeah. your children are able to see different perspectives they're able to see different examples of what you can be or what you can accomplish i can't put money right directly into your hands right i just can't do that you got to work for whatever you get but i can but show you what's possible i can show you it's possible and i can make sure or include folks that do meet your needs so we still keeping the nonprofits there we're still keeping the businesses that can stay afloat and have a certain standard but just introducing a different demographic a different socioeconomic so I think it's, I think it's 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 I don't mean to cut you off I think it's less of um can you put like a front like yeah. it's, it's less of a um can I know what it is um it's less of a how is this going to translate for the customers Right, that's like that's the front end. We're we're talk, we're thinking about the back end. Who owns this? You know, you talk about Daquan like being able to afford the fifteen dollar plate, right? But what if the guy that owns this facility is Daquan's uncle or his best friend's mom? You know, it's. What we're trying to do is bring these, these visions that we, we already know were possible, right? We've seen black doctors, we've seen black architects, we've seen black business owners. We know that they exist. But they don't Why, last. What, yeah. They don't last in our communities. We, we, have to cre we, we have to create a system, an ecosystem that sustains itself. So um, just to be uh, transparent about how this is landing on me, I'm, I'm a little, not cynical, but I'm a little, uh, so I'm an anti-capitalist to the core. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so I understand that that's the system that we live under and I understand how to operate within it um, and finesse a little bit, but I, I have trouble um, understanding how to operate within that capitalist system and and still take care of our people um, and so I'm hearing exact I, I think I understand the concept behind this um, and the intention but when we talk about like sustainability and um, building communities that are uh, was was striated in 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 status, right? Like different mm -hmm. people in, at different levels, and everyone is able to 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 you know operate Correct. with one another. I don't. I just don't understand how that works. I think that so like yeah, that, just, like so. Are you are you saying um, you don't see how you don't you're not understanding the concept of of diversity in this in or this two respect? different financial backgrounds living. In the same community, right? I, I've, or, in, in my experience, I think what what you said, Alex, is is closer to. I understand diversity in a community and, and what you know what that adds, but I'm I'm trying to understand. Um, I haven't ever seen an example of people from different socioeconomic like socioeconomic statuses being able to like live and work and play and be comfortable with that. Like I've 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 seen money make people. Hate people. I've made. I've seen money make people otherize folks. You know. This is so layered, right? Mm -hmm. So, money or the lack thereof polarizes you. Um, <clears throat> like you said, it can definitely divide you. 
what we're trying to do communities right or what do you mean like you as in community yeah. okay what what we're trying to do when i say that we're a marketing platform and a financial intermediary i'm trying to solve two issues in one it's not that we lack innovation or the the wanting or desire to collaborate with one another right as african-american business owners or minority business owners is that we lack both the infrastructure and the culture so let's say we do bring all these businesses back to South Dallas, Inglewood, whatever, North Philly, whatever hood you in. Then you got to worry about, okay, are they going to last? You know, a chicken shop pop up every year, but does it last? So then you have to say, okay, it's not just an infrastructure problem, it's a culture problem. Mm. Why, 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 why does it not last? So it's not, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? And you've never seen it because of the higher powers not wanting you to see it. Because if you, if you really take a class on um, urban planning or learn how cities are created, it's a system to this. They, they put the black folks on the outskirts next to the Mexicans and the Asians and then the gays and then the whites. They separate themselves for you. And then when they get tired of an area, they pick up and say, okay, we're going over here and they move your ass out. So we can't ex- describe how it is because we're trying to do something that ain't never been done. That hasn't been done, so you have to figure out how to actually make it work. Just exactly. like what you were saying earlier, how it became your thoughts came from, to start this, came from Black Wall Street. And we don't know about Black Wall Street because it was destroyed. Exactly. Right? Never so seen it's like exactly. starting it again, how did it happen? Yeah. How did it become successful. So eliminate the, the migration of our people mm-hmm. and say, you know what, we're going to plant our roots here. We're mm-hmm. here. This is where we're going to be. And if you're going to come over here and you're going to spend your money, you're going to enjoy your time because everybody loves, everybody loves black entertainment, right? Everybody culture. Loves black culture. Period. Culture is what, well, you, you, you need to pay for it and you have to come here to get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that money's going right back to us. That, yeah. And that's okay. the difference. When you got your money, in, like that's what I learned at SMU. This is a school with a billion dollar endowment, right? That means these families, these one these billion. one billion dollars. <laughs> that means these families who graduated, I mean, have lineage of people being married at this school meeting. They're giving millions and millions of dollars back to the school. Fucking school. Wow. What? But you know why? Wow. It's not because they just love the school. It's because they want to see their names on the dormitories. They want to have power. They're sitting on the board of directors of your schools. Same thing in real life. Black people don't invest in their communities. And then when they get kicked out, they want to scream gentrification. No, you got to put some money and some value in your community. I know it's hard because we look around and ain't shit of value. <laughs> so how are you going to value if every value something ain't, that's not there? But the thing is, just like when Hispanics come to this country, Asians come to this country, they have their own issues with the higher powers. But they say, look, we're not going back. So we're going to do something with what we got. We're going to make it work. Yeah. And we're going to keep it inside mm-hmm. until it's time to expand. When I see people, when I see these families go shop, they go shop together. It's, they're not right. going individually. Yeah. They're taking the whole team from Chan's mm-hmm. <laughs> to the Louis Vuitton shop. Everybody yeah. get a purse today because everybody worked hard. Everybody eat. <laughs> we don't do that. Exactly. And then we want to yeah. sit here and say, well, why aren't, isn't this happening in our community? Why? Because we're not doing it. Ain't nobody going to do it for us. So if you're not willing to get up in the morning, do some football coaching, go pick up some trash, you know what I mean? Uh, say hello to the neighborhood crackhead. You know, you know what I mean? Donate it's, some it's clothes. It's a culture. It's, it's all We was just talking about this. He's, it's just living with... I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but it's just, uh, It's just living with too. Yep. a couple guys who, who are... They kind of look white, but are like Native American Mexicans, um, not from Chicago. Um, and are trying to figure out where to live in the city. Um, and they are apprehensive about the West and the South Sides because they are shitty areas, quote unquote. Um, and then we were, I was just like trying to explain to him how, how do outsiders ingratiate themselves in a community, right? Like without alienating anyone or, um, or feeling uncomfortable themselves is literally just being a human, like interacting with people, talking to people, investing, you know, your own human capital into 
the social construct of the community. Um, and I, f I feel like that's pretty much what you're saying, right? Like, like folks are not really investing in their communities, not, yeah. not financially and not, mm -hmm. you know, not know, socially. Yeah, right, more yeah. ready to get out rather than how to make it work. Get out. Yeah, get out. Let me get out of here instead of how can it's, I build this up? It's really sad because it's like, dang, like I can't, why can't we believe and trust and feel comfortable enough around each other to want to make each other better rather than exactly. leave, yeah. leave our people and go somewhere foreign. We were, we were taken from where we were supposed to be, you know? I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, you know? Maybe <laughs> right. that's, me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is there a connection there? Yeah. They know? say trauma passes yeah. down generations. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, I, I like that you said, um, going back to the value thing and running away, they, they go hand in hand, right? So I feel like the real issue is that we don't value ourselves as a people. Mm. That goes with the whole culture appropriation, everything else. You know what I mean? It's like it takes a white rapper for us to be like, hey, you're taking our stuff. Right. You're making money off of us. Yeah. They've been making money off of y'all cooning for, for decades, though. Mm -hmm. Now you want to complain? Now you're seeing how, it, how lucrative it can be? So you, know, you so you so you're saying that that is yes that's a way in which they are making money off of you but it's one of the most inconsequential or you know they, they, we need to be focused on the other behind the scenes ways exactly. that folks are making money off of exactly. us exactly because it's going to happen anyway people love our culture like she said whether for good or for bad I was watching um, dear white people the other day and it said the second um, the second biggest um, form of entertainment in America has been minstrels or minstrels? Minstrel, yeah, minstrel shows. Minstrel shows. That's M I N S T R E L. Not the Folks, other one, not, not the minstrel. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just to clarify. Go ahead. But yeah, so it's like, if you know that, I know it's sort of fucked up. You might be um, called uh, Uncle Tom, but I'd rather make money off my own people than let somebody else sit there and make money off my people and skew the image. Okay. And then once, okay, for example, um, Inglewood right now. Whole Foods moved in. You only see Whole Foods when you in a a more affluent neighborhood. That's not because Whole Foods just loves the hood. That's because they getting ready to take over that shit. Right. Because you didn't you wanted to get out of Inglewood because it was so violent. But the white folks don't care about the violence because they moving and putting their money in there. Mm -hmm. They waiting for your black ass to to say, oh. It's violent over here. We got to go. go, on and go because they're waiting for you, waiting to take over that land. We are, mm -hmm. I feel like we're the only people who will sit here and be like, it's bad. It's horrible. It ain't no good. Let's run to the suburbs. Instead of... I mean, white flight is exactly that. Though. But, but that's the thing. When does it stop? When do you value yourself, your community, and your mm -hmm. culture enough to say, I'm not going anywhere? Yeah. If, if y'all want to... I mean, I know it's tough, but it's like if y'all gonna have to fight me, right? You gonna yeah. have to fight. We, but, we, but 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 okay. So I understand that. But our people who live in Inglewood and Austin and and and, and North Lawndale don't have the the language. They understand for sure what the fuck gentrification is and getting pushed out and all of that. They understand, but they don't have the language to articulate to their kids how to counteract that, or they don't know how to counteract that. Yeah. So you all, right, understand or, or have an idea that, that you want to, to put into place and see if this works. How are we going to get folks' minds behind the action? So um, that's, that all comes down to resources, right? So when we think about you know, your, your family in Inglewood, who's not, like you said, not able to communicate this to um, each other or to their children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, revitalizing the community isn't just putting a store there. There's, there's more to a community, Jen, than what makes us money, right? We have schools, you know, we have education, we have um, nonprofits. nonprofits. We have our businesses, we have our leaders, we have our, 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 our politicians, we have all of these are different, different aspects of a, of a whole entire community. So 
of course, we can't just come in and just put all these, you know, black-owned businesses and expect these people to know what to do with this type of infrastructure, mm-hmm. right? We have to we, we have to fix everything else too. You know, this is it's not going to be an easy process, and it's not yeah, going it's not to be overnight, quick. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, right, but, but the 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 education piece is is what I'm saying to 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 you respecting your question. We have to educate our people on look, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And we are the only ones that are going to be able to translate that to them, right? I can't expect somebody who's not from where I'm from or who has grown up the way I've grown up to understand how to communicate with somebody who is. So mm-hmm. I, I think I can answer. Are you done? Yeah. I'm sorry. So I like, your, I like your pauses, by the way. Your, the, the pauses in your, in your conversation. Add, Very nice. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> How we can educate, right? So that is what we need to do. But how do we do it? As far as HOH is concerned and its key partners like Frazier, um, what we do right now is we sponsor different minority businesses. For example, we have a group of women in Dallas who do an art and soul festival in Dallas and Houston and they're moving to Atlanta. We give them the money to put these events on. We support them. We practice what we preach. We don't just say, hey, you need some money. We say, hey, we got it for you. Let's see what you can do. Let's see how you expand. We have a young lady named Taylor who's trying to brand with the the black LGBT community. She does trap yoga events. Mm -hmm. What kind of donations do you need to make sure that your guests are left with an impression and want to come back and support this black business, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the financial intermediary part. That's the resources. The marketing and, and, and cultivating a culture part is where you have revitalization groups like Frazier who offer after-school programs, who offer business or financial literacy programs. See, I think the issue is that it's, it's not a, a, not an issue of resources, really. It's an issue of knowledge. Yeah. People don't yeah. know what's available in their neighborhood and, and, and on top of that, don't take the time to seek it out. So education on how to use the resources. Right. So it's, it's not even just education on how, it's an education on how to, on finding the resources and then when you find them, how to use them for oh. your advantage. So what does, what does education look like to you in this context? In this context, education... Is it, is it like... Street teams, like we out here with clipboards, like, hey, this nah, is our theme. That's, find our nah. Is it holding like a community forum with a bunch <laughs> of people in a room? Education to me is hiring your people and your businesses. So if you're a black restaurateur, you need to have a nice craft cocktail program, mm-hmm. a food program, so you can teach people what quinoa is. <laughs> You know, you can teach people you don't have to eat fried chicken every day. Yeah. There's other forms of protein. Teach, teaching people, one of my best jobs has been a, being a waitress. You learn so many valuable people skills. Mm-hmm. You know, I think restaurants and, and places where culture is really created mm-hmm. are some of the best jobs getting out of high school or being in college because you're forced to be around people you wouldn't necessarily be around and learn how to adapt your environment and still get the job done. So, so yeah. is that it? Is that empowering these new businesses to, you know, hire within the neighborhood and, and, and then in that way the employees begin to learn about these things or do like how? I think that's one way. It's a part of it. It's a I part mean, of breaking, it. Breaking down that wall of not being afraid to speak with people who are not like you, but still doing it in a respect for the people that are. Yeah. I mean, you can have nonprofits come out and show people how to garden. You know, there's, there's a, I forget what it's called here, but there's a program here in Chicago that hires people who have records and get, gets them to work in different agricultural environments. Hmm. To me, that's, that's the best lesson because... FYI, I heard UPS is hiring anybody that has uh, a prison background, so... UPS is, Real is quick. Get on if you got a saying. record, if you're a felon, if you have to check the box UPS. and it's fucking your shit up, <laughs> go hit up Make UPS. it happen. But yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's various ways to learn. I'm, I guess I'm more of a proponent for hands-on learning. 
You can talk to me all damn day. You can show me all types of graphs and charts and why I should be a... a, a Some of the most successful people have built their, their legacy off of internships and mentorships and and experiences they had you know so that's it's it's definitely it's experience it's valuable that's the best teacher experience yeah so if this isn't too much of a pry uh prying question where does the money come from oh great question okay so (laughs) great question actually so this i'll take the time to to talk to my folks okay we, for some reason, and it's not just black folks, but this is who I care about, so I'm talking directly to us. We, for some reason, have a problem understanding that a non-for-profit is still a business, guys. Motherfuckers getting you, paid. You right? still got to make some money. The non-profit industrial <laughs> complex. <is a> real <laughs> you still got to make some money. So just like a for-profit has to pay they, they people, a non-profit does too. And here's the difference in, in what, you know, what they are. So a non-profit usually makes its money unless they have a product it makes its money from government grants government funding or donations they either have large donors or and and, or they have small donors so you said a nonprofit gets their money from government grants and funding donors whether big or small and if they have a product or service they can sell that as well but usually the product or service is a small percentage of their revenue it's from somebody. Yeah. And, and so just touching on that, too, when, when you're a nonprofit asking or requesting money from somebody that is a donor, you're not asking for chump change. You're asking for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So let's just think, if somebody came to you and asked you for a million dollars, don't you think you would have some say in where that money is going? Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I, so it's just like sometimes we, we're sort of cut off in understanding how things work behind closed doors. So you, you can have a nonprofit, and they can be a great nonprofit in your neighborhood or community. But if they have to ask for money from somebody instead of the, the government, then there are certain things that they're going to have to do in order to get that money. Yeah, grants. There's, there's, there's deliverables attached to grants. Like if we're going to give you this money, we're going to need to see some measurable so, outcome some that right. we came up with right <laughs> that we came up with not y'all we right. this is what we are telling you to do it's, it's like it's like politicians it's and business it's, it's so for hoh because we have a partner as graceful and as gracious as fraser who really is invested in the community um we it's easy for us to use our tax exemption to request in-kind donations from as small as beverages or gift bags or trinkets to thousands of dollars in grant funding, right? Um, What we try to, or what we do with that money is we distribute it to folks that we feel are about what they say they're about. So if you were coming to HOH as a business owner and you want money for an event, my first question is, are you registered? Is your business registered in whichever state you're doing business in? A lot of us... I get a lot of people hitting our inbox and calling me for different referrals, and they got these great ideas, these great plans, no execution. So what do you say when they say, no, nah, I'm not registered? I say, what do you say? <laughs> I say, oh, well, we can definitely get you involved in some, some development programs in order to help you do that. Me, I, <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> I, I, t- I say, you know, first, go online. You know, visit your, your .gov, Illinois.gov, Texas.gov, whatever. Read it. If you got a question, come back to me. But don't come, don't come to folks unless you're very secure that they're not, that they're for you and that they have good advice and they're for the betterment of you. Don't go to folks unprepared. That's, that's the worst you can do. In my experience, because I didn't graduate college, I, I, I left college and I just hit them streets and started talking to folks because I had to, because I had an idea that I wanted to make work. You can't be scared to talk to folks. You can't be scared because they wear fancy suits. and. But sometimes people scared to talk to folks because they be like, I go know. online 
And they like, yeah, but my phone, I I, my shit on 3G still is useless. I don't have a computer. Every, every, everything, everything that it's you not, need. Yeah, it's an excuse, yes. But a lot of our people make excuses. What? Are, what? Are, what? Where do you fit into that? Like, what, say everything what, that you that you need and want is right outside of your comfort zone. Basically, come on, just come, just. Just come to the other side. It's, see. So I see how this eyes. partnership works. I see, <laughs> yeah. I see the I dynamics. See, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. How does work, it work? It, I mean, you're a little bit more like my nigga. What is you on? Like, you going to come to me talking about, I need this, I need that, and it's, you don't even know what the fuck you need? And, and that's you, this one. You over here like, <laughs> let me help no, you. I will help I, you. I, I understand <laughs> that you, you, know, you need what you need, but this is, this is where you can start. Like we're both very passionate I'm just I want this to happen so badly not to say that Mariah doesn't but I want this to happen so badly because I have a chip on my shoulder because I went to school with these folks that y'all scared to talk to mm-hmm. I have to sit at conference calls and tables with these folks y'all talking about and I do it every day and I feel the same way y'all do when I started when I wanted to do this I went to an uh, event at this place called the Dallas Entrepreneurial Center. They have this thing called One Million Cups. It's where community members come and they pitch their idea. Now, here my black ass is trying to pitch a nonprofit <laughs> for the betterment of black folks in front of a crowd full of white folks. I was stuttering, shivering, because I'm like, I'm in Texas saying this. And looking and having to stare at these people's faces like, no, this is, I'm serious about this. I need your money. But you'd be surprised because they're not too far removed. You know, you'd be surprised that when you talk, when you talk, who comes and who hears you and who gravitates towards you and relates to you. You got to put it out there. You got to. Or you, I'm sorry. Or it's never going to (laughs) happen. So is, is hands of honey uh, in the pockets of anyone? Who are you? Are you beholden to anyone? I wish we was. We have we have a whole bunch more money to give. <laughs> no. How do you? But 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 I ask that because I want like how do you avoid that? Right? Like if you you stand in in front of this room full of white people asking for them to give you money for this this thing that you want, how do you keep them from trying to give you grant deliverables or trying to tell you how to do your shit? We show up with a with a plan. Exactly. You don't we, come up like, here. We don't we don't come unprepared. You, I'm not gonna let you get out a plan for what you want to do when I already have one. You gonna have to, you gonna have to tell me what's wrong with mine. You, we gonna have to, it's gonna have to be a conversation. And see, that's that's why that's why that's why Alex says, you know, you don't you don't show up that way. That's the easiest way to get your dreams snatched from under you. The easiest way. So I'm not gonna, we're not gonna send our our soldiers out there unarmed. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was trying to, when we were brainstorming how to do this, I was like, I just want everything to be fun about black dollars. We gotta, we gotta everything black dollars, it gotta circulate. Mm-hmm. I quickly realized because of a, a friend of mine, a Kappa man, he was Uh-oh. like, <laughs> my Kappa man, Uh-oh. he was like, gee, you can't get around it. This, this shit is so deeply embedded, G, you're not going to get around it. Unless you can find a wealthy black philanthropist who sees what you see and rocks with you hard, maybe a Hispanic, maybe you're going, you are always going to work for somebody, period. So whether we're working for the betterment of the people, having to use so-and-so money, or we working for the betterment of people having to use our own money, we're still working for somebody. Right now, I mean, we, we get a lot of our funding f- through Frazier, through grant writing. But the other 50%, 60% is our money. Yeah. People don't understand that. We, we putting our hard work, hard on money yeah. into y'all pockets to do events for the community. Right. And we're not even asking for a return on our investment right now because it's all a marketing strategy. My whole thing is practice what you preach. I want to be the company that you know my logo because you've seen us work in action. Mm-hmm. It's not too far removed. It's not something where it's like, I can't believe, you know, I can't talk to the people who do this. No, I'm right there at the events with them. Mm-hmm. I gave them the money and I'm cleaning up with them. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why I'm hard too, because it's like, how can you ask me for advice? You just saw me picking up trash at the event. It's, it's, it's not rocket science to this. You got to get out and do something. Yeah. Sitting behind trying to work smart when really you just, you kicking yourself in the ass because working smart in this sort of industry is working hard. This is, this is a lending hand, not a handout. And with that, let's take a break. <laughs> Fuck. It's a lending hand. Y'all better recognize Do what you got to do. Put it on a t-shirt. Man, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. I like that. Lending hand, not a handout. And maybe unlearned. With the hard questions, Malik coming with them tough okay. ones, boy. Yeah. I like you it. Go, I like go, it. Go, Ask you. me. He he go I got something to say. He knows how to get you digging in there. I just don't be knowing. You see how she had to switch up? She's like, Can I get closer to this mic real quick? I got something for this. Yo, we back. It's 88.9 WIT uh, FM. 88.9 FM WIT Radio. Uh, This is the re-up. The re-up. My name is Malik Aleem. I got Ish here with me, co-host. And I got Alexandra Foreman. And I got Mariah. I'm sorry, I forgot your last name, Mariah. What's your... Mariah Sutton. Mariah Sutton. uh, And both of them are of... uh, From Hands of Honey. Um, You know, they are doing some dope work with a a very interesting idea. Um, Revitalization is the name of the game. So, But but I want to get into... Um, more of who y'all are as people before we close out, um, and I like to do that with music. So, what are what are y'all listening to right now? <laughs> what am I listening to? You want something that I'm? You want some something fresh? You want? I want, from you, my I want to know what you're listening, what you're listening to. to. <laughs> it don't have to be new. It could be old. It could be whatever. Whatever mode I've been you're listening to. Do I Do by Stevie Wonder. Hey, why? Because that's my shit. <laughs> that's the only reason you need. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Stevie. What about you, Alex? Mm, you, you know I'm an Odie from Emster Days. So I'm, I like all the shit that niggas like to sample. <laughs> DJ Rogers, nice. Faithful to the End. <laughs> I like Vision, Stevie Wonder, Flowers by the Emotions. But I'm a trap head now, living mm-hmm. in the South. I okay. love trap. I I don't care what nobody say about these mumble rappers. I love me. A <laughs> hey. We all I, mess with it. Yep. I love me some future. He say some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. You a fucker, rich nigga for the fame, won't you? Who is the? I mean, I like the. Uh, what's that song? Um, Lucid Dreams by this other guy. Oh yeah. And um, ooh, Shy Glizzy got one. Shy Glizzy. Shy Glizzy, <laughs> man. But I, my uh, my little love interest has put me on some um, some smooth shit like Sir. S I R. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big What's my guy named? Uh, Smino. Smino. I love Smino. Yep. I keep getting a lot of scissor references from guys. I don't know if it's because they trying to fuck or <laughs> they really do. <can't. laughs> Tell me who that nigga if it ain't me. If it ain't a party, then it's gonna be. Never had a problem that I didn't solve. It must be official if I get involved Caught up in a fire burning daily Harder to remember getting harder to remember understand when people like need to have like super meaning behind their tattoos Like sometimes you just want some dope imagery on your body and right. <laughs> That's okay it's too Right, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's cool too why do you have uh, South Park on your forearm? You know, like <laughs> I like it. South Park. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch it. I love it. Word. I feel you until you get to the point where niggas is drawing J's on the back of their on their arm. Like, everybody That's know your weird. name though. Yeah, so what yeah. is you? Yeah. Everybody know your name. <laughs> and you can kidnap. I guess that's great. They can. I identify it, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've uh, been arrested a couple of times, and I always put no when they ask about 
if you say so you got to fill out forms and shit when you get arrested mm. and it's one of the questions is do you like what are your discerning marks on your body do you have any <laughs> tattoos or birthmarks and shit and i just be like nah i don't have none of that <laughs> i feel like i don't it, it's, it's too much info mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did too much you, info do you did you feel when you were arrested how degraded did i feel yeah. um completely degraded I, mean, I was arrested for some bullshit suspended license stuff and it felt like I, I felt like I was a criminal and I don't really yeah exactly done some criminal things mm-hmm. I guess but I don't like <laughs> <laughs> no nah, I mean yeah I don't I don't know that that word the concept idea of, of criminals like people who are criminals is strange to me like if you don't subscribe to the laws that are being placed upon you yeah why is my identity a breaker of laws mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird thing the one thing about like being arrested you know because malik knows <laughs> i've been arrested <laughs> but the the most prominent like most like it shouts out at me is when i was arrested for kicking in a glass door you know and I was arrested, and my parents, they didn't know I was clubbing and, you know, partying and everything. And I was in there for seven days because they didn't want to bail me out. You know what I mean? I was in there with a murderer, you know, and he slept all day. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the same place as a murderer. You know what I mean? So me kicking a glass door and this murderer, we're in the same that comes back From the same to sphere? me. That comes back to, comes back to, to why to I hate capitalism. Yeah. Like, and, and so, like, the idea of police mm-hmm. is really like to protect capital. It's to protect property. Yeah. yeah. And so, the fact that you did that shit, yeah. you are just as bad as someone mm-hmm. who killed somebody because yep. you've cost someone money. Look at that. And that's wild to me. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I asked because I had my um, first. I guess my first offense or my first um, experience with cops. But mine was <clears throat> kind of funny. I mean, looking back on it. I was on the train. I had fell asleep coming from work. <laughs> Story time. I remember, I remember when this shit happened. And I was like, in Dallas? This was in Dallas? This is in Dallas. So I was coming, from, coming home on the train from work. I fell asleep. And, and Dallas is different from the CTA. DART is different from CTA. And they expect you to just be honorable. So you buy your ticket and you get on a train. There's, it's an outside train. You get on and maybe a security guard comes on a train. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. They never really tell you. But when they do, you supposed to have this ticket. <clears throat> so I had bought my ticket. Somehow, when I woke up, I didn't have a ticket. So I'm getting, you know, the security guards are waking me up. And they're two black women. And I'm sort of, you know, sort of like, okay, what's going on? Because I'm just not yeah. waking up. I'm, I had a hard day at work. <laughs> They're like, oh, you know, where's your ticket? I'm looking for it, looking for it. The guy across from me is like, is it that? Is that? And we can't find it. So I'm like, look, I don't have it. But, you know, if you want me to get off the train, I got the train. I'll go get another one. So the, one of the ladies is like, hey, you know, well, give me your ID, da, da, da. So I give her my ID. I comply because I'm thinking, okay, maybe she's just going to give me a slap on the wrist. It's whatever. She begins to, you know, take my information. So, I, you know, I inquire about it. Like, you know, will you do my ID? And she's like, oh, I'm, ta- you know, I'm taking out your information. Da, da, da. We got to give you a ticket. I snapped. <laughs> I snatched that idea out of her hand so fast. I said, you're not giving me a ticket. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, we have to take your information. I said, I'm not paying a $75 ticket for a $2 ticket. She was like, it's not 75 it's 50 At this point, I said, I don't give a fuck. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's more than two. <laughs> so at this point, the, her partner is coming and is like, uh, do we have a problem? And I'm looking at her like, <laughs> we don't, because I really just want to get off the train and do what I need to do to right. get it, you know? So they, 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 they sort of crowd me. And at this, you know, you, you're in a situation where you know you didn't do nothing wrong. You really just waking up from a nap. Like, you feel targeted, like, attacked. It doesn't help that I'm a 5'10 black woman and I got some stature to me. So they were sit, standing up and I was sitting down. At this point, I got up. And they just looking at me like, <laughs> <laughs> and and so I'm in their face, and they because they in my face, and so one of the ladies is like, "You're getting, you're becoming very ignorant right now. You're being belligerent," and these words are, "I'm an emotional person, and because I know that I'm not in the wrong, and I'm not trying to do cause anyone harm, 
now it's like you're coming from my person and my character in front of these people I don't know. So at this point, I'm from Chicago. I got to stand up for myself. So we in a we in toe to toe in a, in a train. And she like you ignorant. I said no, you ignorant. No, you're ignorant. No, bitch, you're ignorant. So, so I, the, I got the last word. Didn't wasn't trying to, but I I was so enraged. Mm-hmm. You could feel it off me. You can hear it in my voice because the whole train just stopped and looked. Mm-hmm. When I when I gave her that last, no, you're ignorant. It was like okay. <laughs> and I These look around the train. Right. I look around the train. I'm like, Dart. okay, sit down. Like it's time to be quiet. You know. So they stand over me for the remainder of the ride. Time to get off the train. Because they wouldn't let me off back then, so they they're just waiting for me to get off my stop. And because they had asked me, I'm like, I'm not telling you that. I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. So I get off the train. I'm walking. I get towards the end of the platform. They yell at the end, right? They say, "Well, the ticket machine's right here." I look at them. I said. Fuck y'all. <laughs> because my whole we thing passed was, that. We we passed not, that. That's not what we're I doing no more. I was like, if y'all like, I need a ticket back then. It's my stop. I'm about to walk home. I'm not about to y'all, be back. Right, right. Y'all miss y'all. Miss, y'all, miss, y'all miss. <laughs> you just, you <laughs> embarrassed me, held uh, me captive, now and now you still want me yourself. to pay. Right. <laughs> so then all I hear is, ooh, 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 ooh. Damn. They got the cars coming for me. I'm like, wow. Oh, the police? Damn. Really? The police. So it's a white officer and a black officer. They get out. Man, I ain't never been so, like, you see it on TV and, you know, actors or whatever. You hear about it. It's different when you, there with two cops, guns, batons, and you really got to try to figure out how you going to edit. And, you know, I'm stunted because I'm like, look. Stay back. I'm telling the officers, stay back. Because <laughs> <telling them>? <laughs> I'm like, look, and I'm literally telling them, like, talk, communicate. Like, I don't trust y'all. If you move forward, I'm stepping back. Try to communicate. And they steady talk talking. They like, ma'am, you can't keep moving. I said, if you move forward, <laughs> I'm stepping back. So I kind of see them. I see the white guy. He anxious. He ready to tackle me, right? I got that phone out so quick. I dialed my daddy number. And he got me. Like he, But he tackled, he tackled me like a man. And I mean, you, the there's these things in, in the grass. They're like thorns. He was pushing my head to the ground. So I was, all of my eye was getting cut up by these thorns. But luckily, I reached out and hit that speakerphone. And I said, Daddy, think they got me. <laughs> I was yelling to the top of my lungs when they heard that. Be quiet, Alex. It's going to be okay. White guy picked up the phone and said, Sir, is this your daughter? I don't know what my daddy told him, but that white man came back and said, you know, there's, there's help for stuff like that. I said, so now this nigga made me look crazy. <laughs> my dog's insane. That's what I got. the jam. That is this nigga's fucking, smart. that is his strategy. That's the strategy. Like, he, yeah. like. We were just all about that shit. This nigga, I just found out, like. Three times he done got out of shit because he didn't act like a damn fool, the like boy. a crazy person. Boy, you take I, me home like a damn taxi boy. But I tell you that, that in the moment it's like, wow. So that's this is what you do, Daddy. But at the same time, it's like, thank you, Daddy. This is what you do. Right. Yeah. But I, I asked him like I had never felt so much anger mm-hmm. in one moment, and even though I got away somewhat unscathed, just looking at that man in his face. Knowing that he got away with tackling Alex, me like Alex, I was. you were, you wow. were scathed. Yeah. Like, that's, you that's were scathed. Real. Yeah. For sure. I see that nigga around the train now. I be looking at him like, <laughs> yes. It's like, give me some shoulder pads, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you, you, should show, you should just show up to the train station with a helmet on. Let's get your helmet on. All right, well, we are coming to a close. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you I'm so very much, grateful um, for you all coming and, and chopping it up with us. Um, but before we close out, could y'all give me some info on maybe any events happening or um, and or your social media so we can find you and, and, and make sure we follow what y'all are doing? Yeah, so um, you can definitely follow Hands of Honey on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. At hands of honey, <laughs> right? Um, our email hands of honey at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anybody who's looking for any opportunities, more information. If you need some money. Any, yeah, okay. We're trying to put this in your pocket, okay? Let's get it. Um, you said, what hands of honey at Gmail. Hands of honey. But don't don't send no emails unprepared. Yeah. Uh, can, can, no, I'm, what, I'm what can you do for me? No, send what you want us to do for you. Mm. Yes. Word up. And we will figure it out. Yes. Cool. Um, as far as events, uh, we're look, y'all might be the first events we do in Chicago. So that's exactly <laughs> why you need to hit us up. Okay. As far as anybody listening in Dallas, if you follow FemAF or Live25, Live Double X V on Instagram. Uh, they do a beautiful Art and Soul Festival that's in Dallas, Houston, and Atlanta um, at this point. Um, trap yoga, uh, culinary events. So, the, you know, if you're in various industries, don't fret. We want to know what your skill is and how you're trying to bring it to the community. And we're going to figure out how we can um, mass produce that or showcase that. Yeah. We get out. Cool. Ish, that's wanna, church. Ish, ish, plug your stuffs. Church. <laughs> uh, y'all should already know by now. <laughs> <laughs> Look up Sykes and Bilal on Instagram. You already know me and my boy Adam Houston got that EP coming out real soon. Y'all ain't ready for it. Oh, snap. Yeah, it's real. Sykesiv, that's C-Y-S. C-S-Y-S-I-V-E-B-I-L-A-L at Instagram. Bet it up. And as always, uh, at the Re Up with Malik Aleem. Um and this this has been another edition of the Re Up, uh, W I C eighty eight point nine FM. Thank you and good night. Thank you, Malik. Thank you.